Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jeweler, Jewelers. Hour number three here inside the Rollo Insurance Studio. Billy Lucci joining along with Ryan Broninger. It's time for Recruiting Country presented by Caprock Health System, a faster patient center revolution in care with two ERs in Bryan College Station, the original 24-hour ER in South College Station on William D. Fitch, and a full-service hospital with an ER in Bryan on Briarcrest. Check them out online at caprockhealthsystem.com. Billy Lucci, want to get your thoughts before we get into the recruiting uh, stuff ahead of us. Okay. Cam Dewberry debuted today at number 23 in our 23 Players in 23 Days series. Your quick thoughts. Yeah, I don't know. I thought Olin's going to name where he put these guys. I wasn't going to. I thought it was just that the – in fact, we'll probably keep him from doing that moving forward because it's the whole concept was just, just – I put my rankings in Nuno, Olin, and Texags. So, yeah. to me, like you say, you know, I think had him higher, had him lower. Uh, Cam Dewberry – one of those really highly regarded guys that signed that chose A and M late in a in a very high profile important battle that was came down to the wire really between A and M and Texas. So it was a huge in state win. Uh, keeping that Atascacita pipeline going, he's that guy that you know starting as a ninth grader when Kenyon Green starting as a senior, and now here he is, uh, really followed in in Kenyon's footsteps. Uh, by starting as a true freshman, you know, and the offensive line got better when Cam, you know, started. And, and it was one of those deals where he probably wanted to start game one and probably wasn't ready. And the way things worked out, he got to go take the field when he was ready uh, to play and play well. And we first saw him against Alabama, and I know everybody was like, oh, okay. And then in that LSU game, you know, he was a key cog there in them running for – I don't know how many total yards, but I know A-Chain went for 238, I think close to 300. 273 is a Yeah, team. close to 300 rushing yards that day against an LSU defense. So uh, Cam went into the offseason on, on an absolute high note. Um, and I just think he's always been – he's so technically sound, first of all. Uh, really well coached there in high school and then came over. And you see him, Dalton, and we see him coming here, and he is – you you see him, you go, that's going to be a dude that's going to be hard to move around in the trenches. And it's actually quite the opposite. He does the moving around, and I think he has a chance to be a, an extremely physical inside, you know, SEC interior lineman. And a guy that, you know, in this day and age, we don't say it that much because you're just so used to guys not exhausting their eligibility. But the reality is, is you could have a, a four-year starter on your hands. Uh, in Cam Dewberry, he's that talented and he's that good. And, and look, there's competition at every spot up front. Even as I sit here and talk, you think about guys like Mark Naboo, Jordan Moko, uh, and they're obviously Layden on the other side. There's a lot of talent and depth on, on the interior, and I just only named a couple. There's more than that. T.J. Shanahan's coming back from a you know knee injury. He could turn heads this this fall, but Cam Dewberry got a huge head start by not only cracking the starting lineup last year, but having a really positive impact on that unit. And I don't think it was a coincidence that they started playing you know, better ball when he started playing. That's number 23 and 23 players in 23 days, presented by the Charge Apparel offensive lineman Cam Dewberry. Also joining us for this segment, Recruiting Country, would be Ryan Broninger over in the Social Center. What's up, Bronny? 
No, hit it again. Can you hear me now? Now I can hear you no, now. God, Good. I haven't been over here in a while since we used to do our watch-alongs, Dalton. Yeah. That yeah. you and Billy so famously nixed. I don't think it was Billy. It was more me. Yeah, it was, it was definitely you. Bye. Good work, Dalton, by the way. Thank you. Really had a huge following for those things. Go ahead, bro. I was trying to uh, tell Dalton that I, I was willing to take the hit on that, you know, because he did work hard to set it up. in the couch he, and stuff. Yeah. I was willing to do it from my house, but Dalton said it had needed to look professional. Yeah. It's fine. Sounds like there's a lot going on there, guys. I'll let y'all sort through it. <laughs> All right, recruiting country, guys. Big weekend coming up. Uh, but since I got both of you here, we'll worry about the events of this weekend on the other side. But here, 2024 class. We're at. I think the pool party has become kind of a watershed moment for recruiting cycle, right? Like it's kind of where you hit the run into the season. If I would have told you back in February that 24 class would be sitting at 18 commits before the pool well, you party, you could have told me. What, in April we wouldn't have believed you? Yeah. Mar May? I mean, when did when did the run start? July or June 8th, I think, was Jordan Anthony, and then yeah. it rolled from there. June, you could have told me. June 14th through, well, whoever the last one was. Man, it's all running together, but it was 12 commitments in a month. You could have – you absolutely could have told me in May, and I wouldn't have uh, – I wouldn't have thought much of the idea of eight. I would have laughed probably at the idea of 18 like six weeks ago. Yeah. And here we are. So, yeah, the pool party, Bronny, I heard him talking about it the other Yes, Was it yesterday you were on? Like it, it – there'll be an immediate impact and, and immediate, uh, you know, results from it, but then there's also the long term and, and he did a good job of explaining that yesterday. I mean it's it's their big event every year of the summer. Um last year not quite the splash. See what I did there? Not quite the splash they intended, but certainly it was the real catalyst for that twenty twenty two class being the number one class, you know, that A and M's ever signed. And I think it can be a real catalyst. The way man, that guest list, Bronny, looks incredible. The way it's shaping up could uh, could kind of be the the kind of that final catapult towards because they're already at eighteen, like that catapult towards getting them back into the top five uh, on signing day. Yeah, I think the big thing about it is when you go back and you look at this event over the course of the years that Jimbo's done it. It's been number one their biggest return on investment. I think mm-hmm. of all the events they do throughout the year, it's bigger than the junior days. You can make an argument that it's bigger than the home game weekends. Uh, there were some some select home games here and there. Clemson yeah. in his first year, uh, LSU in his first year, Bama the year they, they beat him at Kyle. Um, but in terms of like consistency year in, year out, this is the most return on investment that they get. And to Billy's point, I do think they're going to see some immediate return on investment. And then like so many times it's happened in the past, they're going to see long-term ripple effects from this event going forward with guys that – like Shamar Stewart, like Walter Nolan, mm-hmm. where A&M is not being talked about a whole lot in the particular recruitment. But after the pool party and going forward, A&M's name starts coming up more and more. And in the end, they're going to have end up uh, with a good chance to, to land and sign these kids. So we don't know who that is right now. There are some names that are being added to our list that we haven't talked about a lot throughout the course of the recruiting cycle that are highly rated kids from across the country that perhaps will be this year's Walter Nolan or Shamar Stewart. Yeah, and then there's the guys that are, you know, you don't know where we feel like or you know are getting close to either 
choosing A&M or just making a decision in general. And those are the guys you really have to kind of circle and focus in on in terms of the not necessarily the ripple effect, but the immediate. And uh, uh, to me, those guys are guys like Blake Ivey, like Terry Bussey. Um, are there others that I'm, I'm forgetting? Nigel Smith. Yep. I would l- start looking at some of those 25 kids coming to town, and they, they open their account there. Look, uh, they are sitting really pretty. For having 18 commitments already, they are still sitting in a really good spot for some of their top targets that, that have been top targets from wire to wire so far in this class. And yeah. Billy mentioned Bussy and Ivy. Uh, Blake Ivy's one of the tougher guys to get a read on in this class. You know, there was some LSU momentum that kind of took away from what A&M was doing in the middle of the summer. Now he's coming back to College Station uh, to end the summer as we get ready for fall camp to start. Uh, we'll see. I mean, that's one that we're going to have to really run down the other side. But it, it feels like him coming back to campus is a really good thing for A&M considering kind of how things have gone the last three or four weeks. Bronny, I know we always talk about this event every year. It always seems to coincide with kickoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of buzz here at the office and then you know just A&M football in general. And the, the big thing is always the running thread. Um, one, when are you going to start that this week? And two, when are you going to drop the visitors list that uh, coincides with that? So after we get off radio today, Jason and I are going to film a preview in-home visit to talk about the pool party. That will go out probably tomorrow morning with our visitor list, and then we will start the running thread on Friday night. We may even turn the visitor list thread into the running thread. But, yeah, that's typically in terms of recruiting traffic and maybe overall traffic on the site, that is our most visited and viewed thread each and every year by a wide margin. So it's not only the A&M football and recruiting staff that gets fired up about this weekend. I think the A&M football fan base, the 12th man really starts intaking football this time of year, and I think this might be a big kickoff for them uh, to get them going in football season. Should have a lot this week in between that and a long sit-down with Jimbo. Buzz will be there. Nolan Kane. We're going to have we're gonna have some fun and a lot to talk about. Will be a fun weekend. I won't say who A&M got last year during the kickoff event, but – but there's been that's what you call faux momentum. That was Anthony Hill, but but the year before, a couple of years before, was Devin Price at the yeah event. So who could it be this weekend? You know, it's tougher because it's the day of the pool party. Usually, it's like the day following, or they get home on a Monday. But it wouldn't surprise me to see somebody uh, them get some of that. To do something where like, hey, we're gonna <laughs> like you know. We're going to do a commitment. Whoever jumps in the pool, if you're ready to commit, jump in. <laughs> That's why I would not be a recruiting coordinator. Well, I want to talk about this. fire my ass. So it's quick. funny you mentioned recruiting coordinator. Uh, Bronny, the A&M recruiting staff as a whole, what goes into putting on an event like this time-wise, getting, getting all this coordinated? You really know the answer to that. You just asked him to just kind of make some stuff up now. But go ahead. Well, there's no point in answering now, Dalton. Yeah. Even though I had I had a very good oh. apt answer ready for you. Let's hear it. Go ahead, you try, and then I'll no, see if I, I can clean I it up. Hear, I want to hear what, what they've told you that goes into it. I, by the way, before I, before he says anything, I think that that recruiting staff. If you think about what's happened in the last couple months, or month even or so, with with maybe it's been a few a little longer than that now, but with Mayshack leaving and, and he he just it was announced a couple of days ago he took another job. Um, outside of Power Five, but with him leaving, and there was just it was a moment where there could have been 
confusion and disorganization and and not knowing who was running what and man as a collective that group has done such an incredible job of stepping up um i think just the teamwork that it took to recover that quickly like that and the results speak for themselves i mean i think you have a lot of individuals in there working together as a team and and a lot of people that saying that are kind of doing this and this is what makes a successful whether it's a recruiting team whether it's tech sags whether it's a, you know uh, any company it to have everyone kind of raise their hand and go hey i'll step up here or hey i want to prove myself to you it, this is an opportunity for me to show you guys what i can do and i think we're seeing a ton of that across the street right now and the results like i said speak for themselves uh yeah so in terms of this weekend what happens is with the pool party is actually kind of funny because I think it's less structured than a typical visit weekend would be because kids are arriving at different times. Some of them are arriving even tomorrow. They're staying through Saturday night. Some of them are arriving Friday, staying through Sunday. So it's a little bit staggered. It's not as, I would say, structured in terms of time of arrival. This is what you do when you get here. Uh, it's it's an all kind of an all-day event that starts, you know, they'll start doing campus tours, facility tours during the afternoon about when we're starting our uh, Texas preseason kickoff, and then it'll go to going over to the pool and you know eating whenever, kind of whenever you want to. That you kind of mingle around and leave whenever you want to. So there's less structure with this thing, but it's more about uh, the camaraderie and I think the overall vibes of, of the event that has made it such a success. I think one of the real big parts of this too is they've done a really good job of not letting. It, it's hard to do now. Think about how many guys are going to be on this list and. You have players, their their parents, their siblings. Some of them will come with a girlfriend, or you know, there's the the lack of the the. We don't hear kids go home and say, complain and say they didn't get enough attention, or they didn't get to talk to Jimbo, or they didn't their position coach. They were ignored, or they just kind of sat in the shadows. We don't hear very much of that at all, which is a big big deal because that there is an opportunity when things get too big and too crazy, like some of these massive home games, where you actually can lose ground with guys. They come down with their families, and, and I see Bronny and Dalton get more attention than, than Zane does or something, or Nick Savage, and those guys go home, and they're like, man, they were talking to him all day. and hard. They do a great job of spreading that around and not, and not leaving. And, and that goes back again to that recruiting staff to make sure, you know, hey, Come over here. I want you, Jimbo. I want you to talk to Dalton. You know, just to make sure that happens. And that is that organization that I think on lesser staffs, stuff like that could backfire on. I can only remember one over the course of the pool party specifically. And it wasn't even a coach that wasn't giving him enough attention. The kid felt like, and I can't even remember who it was, but I don't think he signed with A&M. Well, Terrence Brooks had that vibe leaving a spring game one year, which is Yeah, but this you know, was a pool party I, and I think and it that was, was more about and I can't remember what not it was. being able to keep him and the pool party was happy. like whoever their host was or whoever the position player on the team was wasn't showing the kid enough attention. Yeah. And that's rare. Is yeah, the it's, point. it's just yeah. once, yeah. All right, this is Recruiting Country presented by Caprock ER, Billy Lucci, Ryan Bronger in studio. When we get uh, back on the other side, we'll take your text messages. If you got a question for either of the guys, text us in on the AB text line, 979-693-1150. You're listening to Tex Ags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. 
1024 Texas Radio inside the Rollo Insurance Studio. This is Recruiting Country, presented by Caprock Health. We got Billy Lucci at the desk, Ryan Broninger in the social center. Bronny, yesterday you posted a note on the premium board. Uh, Atlanta GA athlete and baseball commit Terrence Kill Jr. was on campus and met with Jimbo Fisher and the AM football staff. Uh, any update there you want to bring to radio? Yeah, he actually met with both staffs. He met with the AM baseball staff and the football staff. And look, the kid has been adamant with me and told me multiple times that if he comes to school, meaning if he foregoes the MLB draft, he will be coming to Texas AM to play both sports. Now, he has not made a formal announcement of a football commitment, Billy, so we've held off on that. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, TK Jr. is a dual sport commit at Texas A&M. Now, we won't add him to our commit list until he makes some kind of formal declaration, but I thought it was very interesting. Look, he's got a baseball tournament this weekend, so he couldn't make the pool party, but that was the original plan was for him to come into town for the pool party. So that is an entire football visit. So this isn't I came to hang out with the baseball coaches for a couple of days and then went and met and went and toured football again. No, this was a football-centric visit where he stopped over at Olsen and visited with Schloss and company. So something that we're definitely keeping an eye on. I'm hoping to talk to TK Jr. today. Um, but just when you talk about overall athletes in the class of 2024, I mean, this kid is a legitimate top two or three-round baseball prospect and also creeping up on four-star status in football. Yeah, and listen, if bloodlines mean anything, Terrence Kill Jr., I mean, y'all know how I feel about TK as a friend, as a player, not just at A&M, but at Lufkin before that and with the San Diego Chargers after that. And there's just a different mindset there. And he, he just, he was a born football player, a born competitor. And uh, for Terrence Keel Jr. to be as good at two sports as he is, you know he's got that in him too. You can't be that good at both those sports and uh, and not have that same mindset. But man, he he's he's a really good looking athlete, isn't he? And it's going to be swinging the bat or on tape. Yeah, like it's to me. I think the MLB draft is the biggest opposition A and M here clearly yeah. for both sports because this kid is really taken off as a prospect on the baseball field. Yeah. Highly recommend everybody go check out Olin's article you wrote about a month ago about TK Jr. following oh, in his father's footsteps. It's uh you can find that on Brian, Texas. It's got, interesting, we, Billy. So you got TK Jr. committed for baseball, Javorski Lane Jr. committed for baseball, and now and in football very interested in Hunter McKinney. These are all guys that like you were in school and making your way here and uh Well those guys Keel is a little younger than me and then and and uh, Javorski's quite a bit younger. But, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see kids of, you know, you get to that age and it's like, uh-oh. Well, how long have you known Hunter McKinney? Since he was born. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing when you and I were talking. Now, I don't want to out him on air, but, you know, my friends, well, Emily Fiedler's yeah. little brother, we'll say it, Emily Fiedler's little brother, uh, went and – had a really strong camp here has been is racking up some baseball interest in offers going into eighth grade and i had a picture pop up on my phone the other day of me and him at olsen field back when it was olsen on pre blue no it was blue bell park still but he was he's like that big where i'm having to squat down and do the thumbs up 
He's that little, and now here he is, you know, picking up major uh, college baseball offers. So it's pretty, pretty impressive. Well, interest also ages you. At the new baseball rules. That's one thing we're going to talk Nolan Kane about. Like, how has yeah. it changed his? You his know what job? else ages you, Brawny? Running out of gas. <laughs> yeah, that'll hey, age well, do you. Wanna, do you want to tell this story, or do you? Okay. I, I like. I'd like to hear your version because my, I, I, I've done it too. Don't, do you version, have any more recruiting questions? Because this is going to end the segment. I've got a couple on no. the AB text line. Okay, go ahead because we got to go. Randy Trujillo and Hearn. Brawny is Colin Simmons coming this weekend? Uh, check techsagscom slash premium. Subscribe and you'll uh, get that tomorrow. Glad we asked that one. Well, then one more question, Brawny. Who do you think the Aggies and Billy? You can chime in on this too because you know more than Bronny. Who do you think we land at running back in this class? That's a, that's a good question. If Caden Durham shows up this weekend, he's a maybe. If he shows, I like a And chances there out of yeah. Duncanville. Uh, I'd like to see them continue to go full bore after Nate Frazier out of California. Yeah, I mean that, that's the kind of guy that you're talking about earlier that you don't. He seems it's got that feel, and I don't think A and M is the front runner. They're not the team I'd pick right now, but it's got that feel of one of those ones where when he first came, it's almost like people kind of ignore it because well, you're not going to get a running back out of California that's ranked number one or two in the country. But then the next thing you know, you look up and they've got him. They said the same thing about Walter Nolan. Felt the same way about Shamar Stewart and and Overton and Dindy. I mean, we could go on down the list and they've done it time and time and time again in this class alone you're looking at someone like cam coleman so yeah i agree just keep going at him and keep chipping away and you might look up and have him there's a great opportunity for a running back and you look at what they've done in both jimbo and bobby petrino's offenses and it's it's got to be attractive recruiting country presented by caprock health okay so, so who ran out of gas the other day? Well, it would be me, of oh, course. Okay. But I was. How do, this is a problem, though. Like, yeah, how do you? Is. How does this keep happening? I, I, honestly, with, it's a problem with uh, at the same parking lot. I've pushed your car in that parking lot before. Have you really? Yeah, down it's the only hill. Two times I've ever run out of gas. I don't <laughs> think that's that true. in that vehicle. Okay, but it, I was in a rush all day, riding around on empty, and I was. I left my house to go work out. I made the little U turn, and I'm passing the gas station. I go. Could get it right now. I'm gonna go ahead and go get this in, and then just drive straight to that HEB from Gold's right there. It's like, you know, it's like a couple hundred yards, right? probably quarter mile. Pull out of Gold's. I don't even get. I don't even turn, and I'm like, oh crap. So I pull over, get out of everybody's way, like between. So I walk right back into the gym, and you know, probably, and and I say, can I, have your, can I have your keys? And Not he sleepless. mumbled something, and I didn't know what he said, and I just said, yeah. And I just left because I'm like, I'm going to be back in five minutes, and I'll let him take it from there. Well, my recollection is he – I'm work, where I'm sitting there talking to Carl. Shout out Scamardo Produce. Carl Scamardo from Brian. He works out in there with us. Or not with us, but he's in there a lot. And I'm sitting there talking, and Billy leaves. like, hey, guys, I'm out of here. So we tell Billy bye. Man, it ain't, we're, I'm on the same machine. He comes right back in less than five minutes later. goes, I need your keys. I said, oh, they're in the locker. What do you need my keys for? It's like, shut up. Don't, don't worry about it. I just need your keys. I did say, well, let's, I'll tell you later. So he went and got my keys out of the locker room, and then I don't see him. Like he, I don't see him walk out with my keys. He's gone for a while. And I'm sitting there going, he couldn't have locked his keys. Like, with these new Chevrolets, you can't lock your keys in your car. What is going on? Yeah. So Didn't add up. I'm having to – one of my neighbors is trying to borrow my lawnmower. My fiance actually isn't home. 
He's going to come down and try to get the lawnmower. Somebody has got needs to be there whenever he gets there. I can't leave the gym because I don't have my car keys. So I call him. He doesn't in, answer. In a panic. And then I ca- he calls me back. I said, where are you? I need my keys. Where are you at? He goes, oh, and then he told me the story about him running out of gas. But what he dis- he has not said yet is while he was at HEB, he went shopping. I mean, he went right and got there. groceries. He's already there, yeah. yeah. You need something I, for I was cooking. I yeah. was cooking that night, so I needed to get. I, I went shopping. I had to, but it. I what I shopped for took like ten seconds, but I did have to walk. You know, it's a process. You got to go buy a gas thing, then you had to walk all the way to the caddy corner of HEB and go get peppers, onions, potatoes. <laughs> that was it. Went out, but then you got to go. You know, fill up the little thing. It was five o'clock. Packed HEB. Then I got to go, and and what I didn't do is fill up before I brought him the keys. Me being as considerate as I am, <laughs> I leave the gas can by the car, walk over to Gold's, do that, come back, fill her up, then go fill her up again. I mean, it was it took a long. It was a beat down. The so whole, how long was my t- whole thing was like forty five minutes. On? You left probably my- a half hour. <laughs> probably a half hour. And, taking, this is, and by the way, he didn't have to leave because he was with still, HR. After wasn't that work? You can't apply out. it to HR. Wasn't that work? He was still working. Well, some apparently y'all got Olin cooked up this morning. So y'all, you're using the term with, "y'all" loosely. We deal with that one. It was all clean on air. That's all I'm responsible for. Guys, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate you both coming in. Oh man! All right, that's Texas Radio. This is Recruiting Country. On the other side, we'll hear from Chris Doring at SEC Media Days with David Nuno. You're listening to Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. 10.38, little Tom Petty bringing you back on Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. It's Dalton Hughes in today for David Nuno. Nuno's back on Friday. Nick's got you tomorrow morning for the Thursday edition of the show. Uh, as we Nuno closes out his summer vacation, and fall camp starts next week, so we're going to go full swing football mode starting then. Uh, it's been a fun show today. Thanks, everybody, for texting in on the AMB text line. We got a couple of questions from you guys listening out there for Recruiting Country last segment for Billy and Brawny. Uh, so great stuff there. We are inside the Rollo Insurance Studio. And right now we're going to go and listen to a little bit of an, or the entire interview from, with Chris Doring from SEC Media Days last week. I believe, Nick, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think we started playing this last Thursday might have gotten a minute, minute and a half into it before uh, you finally broke I through. I drug over Paul Feinbaum. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what You happened. beat him over the head with a steel chair, threw him over your shoulder, and brought him back and set him down at the table. Is that's that- what I felt like I was having to do. but and, and that's not his fault. His schedule is just super busy. But, yeah, I, we finally found a couple minutes for him. But, yeah, kind of did Chris Doring a little bit of a disservice, not giving him his airtime. Yeah, and, you know, Always want to hear from the Florida Gator here on this show. Uh, I don't think he lost a bet in the duration of this interview. That's to be determined. So we'll check that out here with David Nuno from Radio Row last week at SEC Media Days. It's Chris Doring. All right, Billy Lucci, David Nuno here at SEC Media Days. Chris Doring with us. What's up, man? How you doing? Good to be with you, man. Thank you. I appreciate your persistence because it's easy to get lost in the in the shuffle here, but you've been on point with 
texting me and reminding me, and I always love making time for you guys. Well, I appreciate it. I feel like a bugaboo sometimes. Not at all. And Billy Lucci bought me a drink last night, so I, I at least. That's true. Know, I, and you lost. You did not lose I did not the lose credit, credit card, card roulette. I know you're used to me losing yeah. bets and credit yeah. card roulette, but this time I did not lose. T, poor T, Bob. All right, so I'm going to borrow a question that uh, Burns asked you on the show a couple Cut. days ago. What team, and I think the team that we covered is going to be in the conversation, has the most pressure in 2023? Actually, I, I went with Texas A&M as the number one team in the conference in terms of pressure. And, uh, you know, we don't talk hot seat. I don't believe Jimbo Fisher's on the hot seat by any means now, but I, I think there's an expectation um, with the amount of money that he's been paid, the raise that, that bumped his salary up. At some point in time, you have to have an ROI, uh, whether you're talking about the, the business world or you're talking about football, and football certainly is a big business here in this conference. I think it's time for Texas A&M to show some growth. I'd be interested to find out from you guys what you think a successful season is coming off a five and seven year, but you know, I think there's a lot of things to be optimistic about, and I'll say after talking with a number of A&M players here and representing the, the school yesterday, particularly Anaya Smith, who I'm absolutely in love with. I think he's awesome. Can't wait to see him come back from that injury. But I think they are kind of enjoying laying in the cut a little bit this year as compared to the last two years. A&M, for whatever reason, it's almost in any sport. And I guess it's a culture thing, and it's a it goes all the way back to when they were smaller, all-male, all-military, and Texas was this behemoth collecting national titles in football. For whatever it was, Texas A&M sports teams always do better with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. You go back to the 98 Big 12 championship team with Tiny Datwin and little running back named Dante Hall and, and a hard-working tight end named Dan Campbell, and you go to 2012 with, with this 5'11 quarterback that no one had ever heard of, and they're coming into the big, bad SEC. Mm-hmm. The Aggies have always, in, in every sport you know this, performed better when they feel a little slighted and maybe when they you know they've kind of eaten a little bit of humble pie like the team did last i agree with you though chris i think it is i called it this is a very this is the pivotal year i think in jimbo's tenure to me a successful season if they were to get to and finish the regular season on this very tough schedule at nine and three coming from five and seven and they and go win a bowl ten wins but nine and three win a bowl ten and three i think that would be a really nice bounce back and set the table moving it, it's forward. interesting that you say nine and three because the eight and four record was the one we got used to with kevin yeah. sumlin and ultimately right. got him fired because it didn't get him there if you were able to improve from five wins to nine in one season i think that's a significant jump i, I don't know if they get to that point but i honestly believe that they're a, a dark horse team that not enough people are talking about in the west this year is there another one in in the conference in general that you that you're looking kentucky. at right now? i like yeah. kentucky a lot and i know i sound like a broken we record about this yeah, I've, yeah. I've talked about this for years but I, I have a lot of respect for for mark stoops and what he's built there hard to believe that you know he's already got 10 seasons under his belt at this point in time um he's a guy that uh i think is a little disappointed with how underachieving they were last year i thought the schedule set up really well for them i thought they had a lot of things in place including a a veteran quarterback and will levis coming back that would lead you to believe that they could win 10 they didn't do it because of the the uh, offensive line play but i think they're better there this year getting devin leary over from nc state is a huge coup and then getting liam cohen back I, I, i think again not enough people are talking about the impact of him returning to lexington uh, after a season back in the nfl 
So I got one for you. I saw this tweet yesterday. You probably saw it, Billy, that Jimbo is 16-0 when they score 30-plus points, okay, at his time at A&M. If the offense is fixed, let's just say it works out with Bobby Petrino and they're scoring 33-plus points a game, is that nine-win total now more feasible? Oh, I, I definitely think it is. I mean, the statistics tell you that from one thing. The all, uh, the defense is going to be much better, right? And I, I'm, I'm, I don't know nearly as much of the ins and outs as you do, but I know there were 17- and 18-year-old kids playing up front in that yeah. front seven last year. They're going to be more experienced. They're going to be more physically mature. They're going to be more mentally mature. So, uh, again, you know, in listening to the players, you can tell what's been drilled into their heads, you know, being more attention to detail-oriented. Anais talked about the hunger that he has from being away from the game you know, after getting injured in September last year. I think that there is a sense of urgency inside that locker room that may not have existed the last couple of years. CD, I know you got to get roll. You've been up. What time? What was your call this morning? Uh, I got up at 5.15 this morning, man. I was in makeup at 6 o'clock, and I need a lot of it. One, because, you know, I don't want to throw you in the same boat. You're not at 50 yet. I know yeah, there's some discrepancy right on what age you actually are, but, you know, I, I think the, uh, the the makeup, it, when, when they're keeping me in the chair longer than PB, that, that's humbling for me, man. How's, how's PB doing? This is like Ferris Bueller. Do we need to do, like, a save PB thing, or is he bad? Is he bad? I don't see that. Because so he weasels out of dinner last night. Yeah, he night. Or Organized the dinner, David. He organized the dinner last night. We got set up at this really nice, you know, restaurant, Hall's Chop House. It's one of those dining experiences right. where we were there for, what, three, four hours, yeah. it seemed like, yeah. Luch. But um, he got out of credit card roulette. He wasn't involved in any of that. Showed up a little under the weather this morning. And I just, I haven't seen hide nor hair of him since we got off the air. So I don't, maybe a wellness check is in order. Yeah, we might need to. And cameo by the commissioner and, uh. Just to prove he does not hate all things A&M, as, as those on our site like to say, I did not lose T-Bob. David, it, it was the greatest <laughs> cameo appearance of all time. When you get the commissioner to be the honorary card drawer and credit card roulette. Oh, that's awesome. Two things happen. One, you know, it, it brings a lot of attention to, to what we've created as a tradition here. Right. And two, it, 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 nobody questions the legitimacy of it at all. Sure. Nobody has the, the intestinal fortitude to... to claim the commissioners in collusion at least when it comes to that so that was um that was interesting for us and um more interesting was the fact that t-bob dipped out of pang last true. night that like, true. He, 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 he scrambled like a like a roach when the lights come on we, looked, pay, we literally out. looked up and he was gone right and it's hard to miss him he was gone hey uh cd i want to ask you about florida quickly uh, not only the documentaries coming out but about their season billy napier do you think Florida will give him the same grace Florida State gave? You know, a couple years of trying to build a program, and then next year is where he will be graded. Yeah, I think fans and patience are not always, you know, used synonymously. And certainly patience is not used uh, synonymously with the Gator fan base. It's, it's crazy, man, because I never would have imagined, you know, Florida would have ever been expected to lose or you know, expected to, to win less than six games. Vegas has the over-under this year at five and a half. Yeah. So just getting to bowl eligibility seems like a successful season given the, the challenge of the schedule and you know kind of what you returned from last year and the guys you brought in. I honestly believe they, the program in better shape now and will be in better shape again next year. But the schedule in 23 and 24 is so daunting that I don't know if you can measure success in increased wins, unfortunately, right now. Right. Nobody's ready to say this, but I think of guys like Mark Stoops. You just yeah. mentioned 10 years, and, and it took him a minute. People like A&M in Florida, and I think, I don't know which one, but if, if Sark doesn't last at Texas, if it doesn't work, if he loses four this year and they're coming in, he's on the hot seat coming in the SEC. 
because they're expected to win it. OU is going to be another one. There's your wellness check, by the way. Peter Burns no, is walking good. by there here. There he is, Bueller. <laughs> These guys, though, I think if they, you know, places like Florida and AM, they, they commit so much yeah. in terms of money and facilities, and you expect it to be here. And so it is, I feel you, it's hard to get everyone You to know what patient. makes it worse, all right? It, Look at this. Uh, I mean, He's how, okay. He's alive. Peter, I, we, I was worried about you last man. night. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, so, um, <laughs> but it makes it worse that. Josh Heupel in year two in the same division wins 11 games. It yeah. makes it worse that now Florida State's on the uptick. It makes it worse that Georgia is the gold standard in all of college football now. But remember, Sumlin did it in year one. Uh, I think Jimbo went nine and four in year one. Was it? Was it? Who was it? Was it uh, Muschamp? Didn't he have a great first year? Muschamp had a great first. Second? They went to the Sugar Bowl that year. Yeah. McIlwain, the first two years, took Florida to the SEC championship in what was a down yeah, east at that right. point that's in time. Right. So to me, it's like, what? what is, I just want to say about Tennessee, this is an interesting year for them. I think they're one of the more interesting teams to me because of what they lost, but because of how much excitement Heupel generated. Yeah. Can they keep that going, or do we go back to a one-year off, and then I expect them to come? The, the interesting thing about them, I read this in the notes getting ready for media days, Tennessee hasn't had back-to-back 11-win seasons since 97 and 98. So to think that Manning they're going to T. do it. Yeah, T. Martin, the 98 National Championship yeah. year. So to think that they're going to do it would be bucking some recent history, yeah. and with as competitive as the, the conference is as a whole right now, you know, not, everyone's not going to go 12 and 0 this year, and there's going to be some teams that that underperform. I thought in the East last year, Tennessee and South Carolina overperformed at the expense of Kentucky and Florida. You know, who are those teams in the East that are going to maybe be disappointments this season that we're not expecting? All right, Chris, we appreciate it, man. No, man, always good to be with you, David. Thank you, CD. We'll see, see you in the, in the gym. gym here. In yep, I'm going. YMCA. Pump those 40 <laughs> no, pounders. No, man, I ain't got time. Great stuff from Chris Doring at Radio Row at SEC Media Days last week in Nashville with Lucci and Nuno. That, I think, at this point, we have played every single Q&A. Yeah, that- I was about to say, we just emptied the tank. I think I went back and counted, and we did 31 interviews over those four days in Nashville total. So When you consider radio and, and off-radio. After, yeah, off-radio as well, so... A pretty great week of content. It's always a great time to be a TechSag Premium subscriber. And uh, I think Media Days is definitely one of those weeks where we uh, put our best foot forward and give you lots and lots of content from people you like and don't like. But uh, we do it all here at uh, TechSags.com. All right. That'll do it here. On the other side, we will close out the show. Maybe talk a little bit about Nick, what he's got tomorrow coming up on the program, and uh, a whole lot more. You're listening to TechSags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Little Zach Bryan ending things here on the program Wednesday morning, July 26. Texags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. I think I've ended with that song every time I've hosted since that album came out. And I know how much Nick loves. Yeah, maybe you should think about switching that up. Maybe I won't. Maybe I just won't host a show again. How about that? No, that's, you that deal. you should. No, you're, I, you're our, I think you're our best guest host so far. That's not true. He's sitting yeah. behind you. It's Richard Zane. It's not me. Num- number 1B for sure. Yeah, Zane is an A, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I get it. Can't say that on the radio, <laughs> though. Um, Nick, what do you got tomorrow? It's uh, You've got the last, I think you did the first of the guest host barrage this yeah, July, really? okay. and you got the last one, too. So what do we got coming up on the program yeah. tomorrow that well, we can uh, get we, the people excited for? We got OB, obviously. Um, the go hour? off the go hour, yeah, starting that off. 
Stephen McGee, I'm having him come in at 9.05, not usually at, at the 8.35 time, but OB will still be is there. That, is that former out. A&M football player Stephen McGee or Dr. Stephen McGee? Uh, I don't know. Might be both. Might show up in a you know like a lab coat or something. I don't, we'll see. But Are we going to have a white coat ceremony for Dr. McGee? We just might see that. Um, also have Aaron Torres at 9.35. Have former A&M and NFL offensive lineman Lewis Cheek. He played at A&M. Uh, back in the late 80s or middle late 80s uh, and played in the NFL from the late 80s to the early 90s. So excited to catch up with him real quick. Um, just connection, how I got him. My dad went to school with him and, and knows him pretty well. So also had a son play at a and yeah, uh, during Cheek. Yeah, Joseph Cheek. Uh, so going to catch up with Lewis, just see what he's been up to and uh, just his time at A&M. And then the fan show, we're going to have Roy May and Matt Browning uh, in studio for the last uh, 30 minutes of the program. So should be loaded. I'm glad Matt's coming back. Matt missed when I hosted, what was that, two weeks ago on mm-hmm. the Thursday? Matt wasn't here. It had to be just me and Roy. So yeah. it's nice that we're actually going to have fans, plural, on the fan show. What did Richard kick Luke out? I don't know. Uh, Luke is in timeout or something here. Richard. Yeah, I, so I threw something at him, and obviously the rule is the interns don't get to retaliate. He tried to retaliate, so now he's in timeout. Luke... I give him permission to retire. No, Luke can't hear you oh. because he didn't have it funds in because he's in timeout. Okay. Oh. I didn't know you could just abuse interns here without we being... We don't abuse them, <laughs> Nick. That's, yeah. That's Kennedy Cavan-like lingo. That's not the word. You can't use that word. Okay. Well, obviously it's a joke. Yeah, thanks to Kennedy Cavan for uh, <laughs> hanging out in the social center today. She did a, a great job sitting over there. Re- oh, yeah. There she goes. Great stuff, Kevin. You were uh, awesome over there in the social center reading all the text on the A&B text line. Just kidding. I know she's preparing for Tex-Ag's preseason kickoff this weekend. And happy hour Friday night at the Block T Bar. Come and hang out with us there. All right, that'll do it for Wednesday's edition of the program. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in and sticking with me as I filled in for Nuno today. Louie is on the other side of the break. This has been Tex-Ag's radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.